Hello, hello. Happy Monday. I am BD. I am your host of Birth and Bloom. If you are a new listener, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. I am so excited to share today's episode with you guys and for us to dive in deeper and chat. So grab your headphones, your coffee, whatever it may be, and let's dive into today's episode. So much for joining me today. Um, Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. And coming on and talking. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your hobbies, um, and just who you are? Yes, I'd be happy to. So my name is Kellen. Um, I am a birth doula in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And um, let's see. So things about me. Well, right now I'm pretty immersed in motherhood. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a three year old, a four year old, and a four month old. So um, really, I'm not doing a ton of anything other than just being a mom. In the free time that I do have. I love to make sourdough bread. I love fermenting things. Um, I love to run. I love to ride my bike. Um, Here in Fayetteville, we have a ton of trail systems, so uh, I'm always on my bike. Um, So I just really enjoy being active, and that's kind of how I turn my brain off um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like, um, although I'm using my body a lot being a mom, I feel like I exercise my brain more, you know, (laughs) mental, emotional stamina to be the mother that I want to be. So in order to turn that off, when I want to give myself a break, I like to move my body. So Mm, that's good. That's good. I actually have a friend who also uh, does sourdough and I've really wanted to get into it, but I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) It's so fun, but it does take, I mean, I would say it takes like a few months to a year to really feel like you got you it on, yeah like you can depend on the product that you'll get but it's a really fun process to learn that's fun so you yeah. said that you were um a doula so mm-hmm. what made you become a doula and for those who for the what that is can you explain what a doula is Yes, I'd be happy to. So I, when I got pregnant with my first baby, I was living in Texas and I really don't know why, but there was something in me that was like, um, I really would like to have this baby, uh, outside of a hospital setting. I really want to have this baby, um, either at home or in a independent birthing center. Mm-hmm. So as I was doing my research, I found a really great birth center with some really great midwives. And about halfway through our care, they said something about, uh, they asked me if I was going to hire a doula. And I was like, well, I thought that you were the doula. Like I, I didn't know, even though I was yeah. this like type of birth, I didn't know the difference between a midwife and a doula. And so my midwife very respectfully was like, nope, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're totally separate. Um, and so she explained to me that a doula is basically, um, and I guess I'll explain this part in my words, but I, it, it's a, I would say a doula is a secondary 
birth partner. So they are there. Um, I describe it as secondary support because I always encourage and want to hold space for the husband, boyfriend, partner to be the primary birthing partner um, mm-hmm. and birthing support. And I'm there to fill in the gaps and that can look different in different settings. Um, but anyway, that, so that's sort of, uh, and doulas don't do anything medical. Um, it's totally outside of a doula's scope of practice to take blood pressure, to listen to fetal heart tones, to check a cervix. It's outside of the scope for doulas to do that. And so that is why it's important to have a medical provider um, because the doula isn't going to do any of those medical tasks. Um, so I, a, a quick way to say it is that a doula is for everything waist up and a midwife or OB is for everything waist down. <laughs> uh, like an easy, quick, cheeky description of the difference between a doula and a midwife. Um, but sort of back to why I became a doula. I, so I, so I have this conversation with my midwife. I ended up hiring a doula and it was so, uh, life-changing really. Mm. Um, she, the support that I got from her was even more intense. It was even more, it changed my experience more than I thought that it could, because at the time I, you know, I was birthing with midwives who uh, were incredibly supportive, incredibly, incredibly nurturing and, um, kind of would lay all the options out there. And I sort of was in charge of how I was going to birth my baby, And then on the other side, I've got my husband, who is also very supportive, totally in on the way that I want to have this baby. Um, And and really, uh, we were really in tune. So adding a doula into the mix at the beginning, you know, I'm like, I don't really know what she's going to add, but people are telling me I should do this. I'll do this. Um, And it really like blew my expectations out of the water. The, uh, The nurturing support that I felt from her, the uh, informational support that I felt from her, the physical support of Mm -hmm. her knowledge of how birth goes and how she can be hands-on helpful or emotionally helpful or, you know, whatever, how she can fill in the gaps was, um, you know, even better than I could have ever imagined. And so honestly, it was after my first birth experience that I was like, oh my gosh, And I started, I was like, I would love to be a doula, but there's just no way that I could because it just seemed too good to be true. It's just like this, that world (laughs) is not, I'm not, I am not worthy of being a part of this world. Um, And then I, you know, I met with a local doula and was sort of telling her that. And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, that's not true. You should be a doula and you can be a doula. Yeah. Finally, I was like, okay, well, let's look into how to do that. So, um. It was early, early um, postpartum with my firstborn, my daughter, and I just started reading books and looking into how I could make this a career. Wow. Well, it seems like you have a, I mean, amazing birthday too, (laughs) that led you into being a doula. And you talked about, um, you know, the the doula being your support system and, you know, your team and, and your husband. How does the role of a doula in a in like your significant other? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> how does that um like like how is that different than um like is the doula guiding your 
spouse in you? Is it significantly just focused on you? How is the, oh, sorry, hold on. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I know what you're asking. Um, and I get this question a lot from my couples and it's actually something that I touch on in consultations, even before someone asks, because I just want, um, the expectations to be on the table and for a couple to, to know sort of the angle that I'm coming in from. So the difference uh, or, or how a doula and a partner can work together is I kind of touched on this a minute ago, but I, I believe that the husband, boyfriend, partner, the birth partner should be the number one birth partner because number one, mom, dad, or lack of, I'll just use mom and dad from here on out. Mom and dad um, have a love that I can't relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, there, there is this sort of general love, you know, I love you. I love this person that I'm supporting, but it's not, it, it pales in comparison to the love shared between two people having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the partner dad um, has this love that, that I cannot provide for yeah. the birthing. Um, the partner also has a history with mom that I don't have. They have this foundation of, uh, they've been through stressful situations together. Uh, he has likely seen her in pain before to some mm-hmm. degree or in an uncomfortable situation before. He can look at her face and understand the nuances um, of, of how she's feeling without maybe even having a conversation in a way that I wouldn't be able to. Um, so I think that uh, having a, a husband, a partner to be part of the birth is so, so important and valuable. And then where I come in as a doula is I, I fill in the gaps. So I kind of read the room and every birth is different, but uh, mm-hmm. I also do prenatal um, meetings with this couple. So we have some sort of foundation um, and, and I think we'll kind of get into that in a, in a minute, but mm-hmm. at the, at the birth, I will read the room and I, I kind of take inventory of what's going on. So I'm like, okay, does mom need more emotional support right now? Is she sort of floundering? You know, is she really Mm -hmm. frantic? Do I need to use my words and my tone of my voice to calm her down and to um, remind her that where she is, you know, bring her back (laughs) into her body or do I, or are they sort of, are mom and dad sort of on track with that already? And do I need to jump in and do a hip squeeze? Or do I need to give mom counter pressure? Do I need to get dad a glass of water? Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I do a lot of times too. When I show up to a birth is I look at dad and I say, when's the last time you've eaten? <laughs> when's yeah. the last time the bathroom? When's the last time you drink water? Um, you know, and obviously I'm my primary point of being there is to support this birth. But part of that is supporting the partner too, so that he can be present and, um, and be helpful, um, where he wants to be and where he's needed. So that is so cool. Sorry. That is really cool because when, I mean, I had my son, um, him, like it was in the, uh, hospital, but it was with the midwife since there's no birthing centers here. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, I just remember while I was having contractions and stuff, I would just like look at uh, my husband and be like, do you need water? Are you okay? And my midwife was yeah. like, you are so nice. She's like, I don't think I'm not even <laughs> as nice as you. Cause I was just like concerned about everyone else at the same time, yeah. because I just remember my 
husband, he was like standing on his feet the whole time. And I just wanted him to also like rest. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't even know much about doula. So I love getting all this information from you now because it's like, I had no idea what a doula was, like what their role was. And so this is so cool to like hear you talk about all this and, and everything that you do. So so I also sometimes I'll, I'll put a couple dollar bills in my doula bag. And if there's a point where um, it just looks like the partner, like the husband needs sort of a timeout, <laughs> like he just needs <laughs> time away, I'll give him a couple dollars and be like, hey, go find a vending machine and go get a drink or go get a snack. And just allowing him to leave the room and know that his wife, his partner is being supported fully, mm-hmm. you know, giving him the freedom to do that is a really great reset because it is it's a lot emotionally and physically on our partners when we give birth mm-hmm. um you know, nothing compared to what we're going through yes. obviously. <laughs> but it but it is you know something to consider because he goes home with that baby too and mm-hmm. we expect him to be you know firing on all cylinders when when um it, during early postpartum too so yeah. it is important to be for him to be taken care of during the birth process yes. um, and to just reset yeah like you said yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like kind of going I feel like everywhere here but like what <laughs> does it look like now with um the pandemic because I know when um I was pregnant with my son like at first the few first few months like everyone was welcome and then it was like the pandemic hit and then like my husband wasn't able to come in I know now things have changed since the very beginning of the pandemic, but like, how does that look like now for you, whether it's a home birth or hospital birth? Yeah. So yeah, that really threw, um, I don't want to say threw a wrench in things because it's, it it just, um, but that's the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. The pandemic just really obviously changed everything. And we, as doulas kind of had to scramble and come together and be like, what do we, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, at the beginning, it was a lot of virtual doula um, clients, which is just Mm -hmm. so bizarre to even think, how can you have a virtual doula? So we had to figure (laughs) out how to do that because women still needed support. Families still needed support. And there at the beginning, we were not allowed in hospitals. Thankfully here in Fayetteville, um, I think it was just a, a couple of months that they didn't let doulas in. And then pretty quickly after that, or I, once the PCR tests, once they started testing every mother for COVID, um, once we mm-hmm. were negative, um, and if the doula didn't have a fever, you know, we had to like go to the front desk and get our temperature taken and do the questionnaire. Like we haven't left the country, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've all become very familiar with at this point. Yeah. Um <laughs> We kind of got screened and then we could go back. So there, I only had one or I think two clients that I was actually, I did virtual support for them and they were both local. I never took on an out of town virtual um, couple just because that's not, I don't think that's something that I would be great at. Um, It's just really important for me to have a face-to-face interaction and to sit down Mm -hmm. with a couple and um, that just helps me be the best support that I can be. So I know that there are other doulas that offer virtual services Mm -hmm. to out of town people. But um, anyway, so the two couples that I did virtual support for during labor, 
they were local and we did prenatal visits together. And at that time, let's see, it was like March and April of whatever year it was. So it was nice outside. So we did a lot of outdoor things, you know, I would go to their home or we'd meet in a park and, um, we would do our little prenatal visits. And then when it actually came time for the birth, we just did a lot of over the phone support. So it looked like FaceTime. It looked like text. It looks like, it looked like being on the phone for hours at a time where we were just both on speakerphone for hours. Wow. So yeah, I treated it as if I were at the birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every once in a while we would, they would be like, okay, we're good. Like we'll call you back when anything changes. And so we'd take breaks here and there, but, um, really for the most part, it, it was like, at was at, I was at the birth. Um, and so I was texting positions to do, I was texting, you know, they would be like, mm-hmm. Hey, the doctor is saying this, what does that mean? And we would either call or text. So, um, but yeah, that's how the pandemic changed things. So now we are back to attending births in a hospital. Um, and at home births, it didn't really change other than wearing masks when needed and, Uh um, limiting the people that were there. Uh Um, but, but hospital births definitely changed. So, um, but we are back to attending births in person, but it is still, I, I think around here, it's still, they might, they might allow three support people, including Mm -hmm. a doula. So maybe you could have like your husband and your mom or your best friend or whatever, and a doula, but it might still be that they only allow a husband or partner and a doula. A doula. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know like we were just talking about like the virtual calls and you meeting with uh, people in person. So what, like, what does that look like when you're with the parents to be like before, during and after, are you with them after, like, are you with them through the whole process or just the before and during, or, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. Are you talking about specifically as a virtual? Well, in person, I mean, now, because now I'm assuming you don't do virtual as much now because now things have kind of, you know, we've been through this pandemic quite a um, while now and so uh, I just didn't know like what that looks like now that I'm just meeting with you and if they're wanting you know for you to be their doula right okay so now what it looks like is um, we meet for an initial consultation and my consultations are always free Uh, we meet at a public place usually Mm -hmm. there's a grocery store here in town that has a really great outdoor space that I like to meet at or we'll meet at a coffee shop um, or something like that. And I bring this folder of, uh, let's see, it has a bunch of different handouts and facts and um, (laughs) things that I want them to know about what it looks like for a doula to support a birth. Uh, There's also Mm -hmm. a copy of my contract in there and just different papers to sign. And I will sit down with a couple and uh, kind of do what I'm doing with you. I tell them about myself. I tell them how I became a doula. I kind of tell them about my family. And then I'm always really interested to know why they are choosing to seek out a doula for their birth. Because it gives me sort of a good read on um, what it would look like for me to support this family. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for you as well. Um, yeah. the same way they are looking for a good fit for them. So 
we have a conversation. And then after the consultation, I always tell every couple, I don't want to hear from you until tomorrow, at least. <laughs> so I really want you to, <laughs> I really want you to talk together even reach out to other doulas and, and have other interviews if you'd like to. I want you to make sure that you feel really comfortable and good about whoever you are inviting into your birth space. So mm-hmm. uh, if they do choose to hire me, they then we will set up a couple of prenatal visits. I typically do two, um, but there are some exceptions to that rule. If a mom is planning a VBAC or had a significantly traumatic first birth. Sometimes we'll we'll do one or two more prenatal visits if we need to do some like fear clearing or just more mm-hmm. conversations about how this birth is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a licensed therapist by any means. And so I definitely don't do talk therapy, but just having someone to process with and to sort of um, even just spend time telling your birth story, even if it wasn't traumatic, but it, especially in the mm-hmm. case that it was traumatic, just sitting and, and talking to someone that might understand maybe a little more than someone who hasn't been through that, um, it can mm-hmm. be really healing. So typically two prenatal visits, and that also that does not include birth education. That's a whole different service. Okay. And so that is, um, I do birth education classes, but I don't require families to take my class, but I do encourage couples to take a birth class with someone, with whoever, I don't care, do it online, do it with another local person, do it with me. But I, I believe childbirth education is very, very important, even if you Mm -hmm. are going to hire a doula. Um, so with your birth education, sorry, with your birth education classes, you're the one that offers them, right? Like you come in and you do the classes with them or is it just a virtual thing? Yeah. So during the pandemic, I was doing one-on-one classes and that worked and that was the best, you know, that we could do at the time, but it was really, really taxing on me and my family because it yeah. was just, you know, out of the house. I was doing a virt or I was doing an in-person class for three couples at a time you know that's different nights a week plus the prenatal visits that I'm doing with them plus if I get called out to a birth so it was just a lot so now Mm -hmm. thankfully we've made it to the point where we can really meet in person again and so I try to hold a birth class every other month Um, and so my next birth class is in May and we have five couples signed up for it and we'll meet together in a room. And, and I also think it's really valuable to do a class with other couples because, you know, sometimes someone has a question and they ask it and you didn't even know you had that question, but you're glad to be there and hear it and hear the answer. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> yeah. I, I think in-person group classes are, are the best. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's, that's what I do for childbirth education. Um, is that, does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah. And so what does, sorry, what does it look like, I guess, after too? Um, because I know we talked about during, like you're there to help the mom and, and the partner and um, kind of just, I guess, make, it seems like just make everything run smooth and just, <laughs> you know, just yeah. for everyone. But like, what does it look like after? Like, do you um, come by and check on the parents, like, after? Or, uh, yes. is it, you uh, know? So, so, we do the two prenatals. Um, if, and this is just another thing that I'm, is in my head, so I'll say it. 
if the mom, usually first time moms, if they reach 40 weeks, so if they make it to their due date, their estimated due date, and they're still pregnant, I always do one more home visit, one more prenatal visit, because I know I went to 41 weeks with all three of my kids. I know what it feels like <clears throat> to, to get to your estimated date and there's no baby. So I like mm -hmm. to always and we sort of revamp and we're like, okay, let's get ready for this because now, it, you know, it is going to be go time. So then we meet for the birth and then postpartum, I do two postpartum visits. And, you know, again, there are exceptions, a very okay. traumatic birth. Um, if there's a family that has no support around them, maybe they just moved to the area. Um, maybe they just don't have great relationships with their family, whatever the case. Okay. Um, I Sometimes we'll add in an extra postpartum visit. Um, but going to immediate postpartum, we're still in the hospital. I will stay for two to three hours after the birth to help mm -hmm. you establish breastfeeding, to make sure that you're good. I really like to have a moment with my couple, with mom and dad, after the nurses have left. So after she's cleaned up, after she has her clean clothes on, baby has done all the things that baby needs to do, and it's just mom baby and dad and the nurses and everyone leaves the room. I, first of all, I give them space to just be a new family of three. Um, but I always like to check in and do a little evaluation with just them. Um, right. Because sometimes when things calm down, they have a question or they have a concern or they're able to sort of process and bring things up that they weren't able to do with all the nurses in the room you know, and maybe they didn't feel comfortable bringing it up with the nurses in the room. So I like to check in with them. And then just, like I said, establish breastfeeding, um, answer any little quick questions that are within my scope to answer. And then I leave and I tell them, call me, text me day or night. Um, you know, cause a lot can happen that first 24 to 48 hours. And then yeah. I like to go visit a family within the first week of the baby being born. Um, there's really, it's, it's on their time frame. So if they already have in-laws and family and best friends and sisters that are going to be in town when the baby comes home from the hospital, I, um, I, I'm not going to say, well, okay, I have to see you on day four because I don't, <laughs> if I, if, you know, if they have support, I'm not going to just be one extra like warm body in the room. I want, yeah. I want the but sometimes that doesn't necessarily include me, those mm -hmm. first few, and that's great. Um, but I do like for that visit to be within the first week again, because a lot happens that first week, and uh, I like to check on mom and baby and make sure everything is going well. And then the second postpartum visit is usually the next week, sometimes week three, sometimes later if things just happen. You know, if family's in town for a long time and they just you know don't need my extra support in the moment. Um, but during those postpartum visits, it is in your home. During the thick of the pandemic, I was doing those virtually mm -hmm. um, over FaceTime. But, you know, just like I like to do prenatal visits person um, in person, I love to do postpartum visits in person because uh, I kind of like to see how this family is functioning. I like to feel what, what it feels like in the room. Is there tension mm -hmm. anywhere? What does yeah. mom like what is her, um, this sounds dumb, but what's her vibe? You know, what, what is, what do I see when I look at her? Do I see someone who yes, is tired, but is 
doing well or do I see someone that is really not doing well and maybe really struggling and how can I, what can I do to sort of alleviate that or point the husband or the partner in the right direction to help with mom? Because sometimes first time dads have no idea what to do. They want to be helpful, but they have no idea what would be helpful. So I can kind of be, so, you know, fill in the gap there as well, just like I do at births. Um, And I'll, I'll do um, dishes or put a load of laundry on, fold clothes. I rarely, and this is just me as a doula, I rarely hold babies um, unless I'm like explicitly asked to hold a baby so that she can go take a shower or take a nap or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just because I, that's not why I do this. I don't do this because I'm obsessed with babies. I don't do this because I want to hold (laughs) babies, you know, yeah, Um, that's what would be helpful. I'm more than willing to do that. I know how to do that, but, but I really want this family to be supported. And honestly, more than often, more often than not, she doesn't need someone to hold her baby. She wants to hold her baby. Mm -hmm. She needs to sweep the floors. She needs someone to get the, you know, food that get the dinner going. She needs someone to take the trash out or clean a bathroom. You know, like how much time do you spend in the bathroom as a new postpartum mom? A lot, a lot of time. (laughs) We need that place to be clean and smell and feel fresh and feel like it's not, you know, it's not a dungeon. So. Oh my um, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, where, why did I not know about a doula when I had my first baby? <laughs> Cause like my spouse, he went to work. Like, um, thankfully my mom though was off, um, uh, the summer because she works at a school. So mm-hmm. she was off that summer, but my husband went back to work like the next day he got off earlier, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was like so lost, but this is really, like I said, so educational, for me, and I'm hoping, you know, for other listeners out there that, you know, just hear maybe the word doula and don't know what it is or, you know, what they do. Um, so I am so, so happy that you uh, agreed to come on and yeah. uh, talk to me. But earlier I had posted on my Instagram just um, questions that some were asking or like would want to know about a doula. And there was one that had talked about um, a VBAC and like if doulas are present during a VBAC and, uh, are they there during, um, like a C-section or, you know, can a VBAC be done at home, which I don't know if that's more of a, you know, OBGYN question or a midwife question or whatever. But, um, anyways, I just wanted to ask you that since they had asked me to ask you. (laughs) Yes. So love it. Love those questions. Um, and I am going to tread lightly when it, in, when it comes to medical advice. Like, obviously, yes. nothing that I say is medical advice at mm-hmm. all. So take a grain of salt. However, the research shows us, as far as VBAC goes, that a repeat cesarean is actually, as far as percentages goes, more dangerous than a VBAC and a, mm-hmm. a trial of labor and a completed VBAC, um, which is not something that is really talked about 
a lot mm-hmm. of times. And really also it has to do with why was there a cesarean in the first place, right? Was it maternal distress? Was it fetal distress? Was it malpositioning of the baby? Did it have to do with the shape of mom's pelvis? Obviously there are things that, um, you know, I, I have a friend who found out she has a, a heart condition and she, she medically is unable to give birth vaginally because of this heart condition. So, mm. so was it safer for her to try a VBAC? No, absolutely not. Right. Like yeah. it's safe for her to have another cesarean. Um, but if we're talking about things like a really, really long quote unquote long labor or a quote unquote stalled labor, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, and it's not cut and dry. It's not just like, okay, I had a cesarean, so I have to have another cesarean at all. Um, and then in terms of, is it safe to have a VBAC at home? The way I see it and, and something that I do tell people is, um, I don't believe that you can determine whether or not a birth is safe based on location alone (laughs) at all. Yeah. I, there are, I believe, and I, you know, I believe that there are instances where it is safer to have a baby at home, depending on the provider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are instances where it is safer to have a baby in a hospital. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to VBAC at home, I, it being at home doesn't make it more or less safe. However, you know, you'll have to look at the laws in that state because there are, there are states that it is illegal for moms to have, well, it's not illegal for moms to do anything. It's illegal for a licensed midwife to attend a VBAC at home. Um, sorry, my kids are <laughs> running. <it. laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's not illegal for moms to do anything. Moms can have a baby when and how they want to, but in some States it is not legal for a licensed midwife to attend um, a, a home of a VBAC, right? Okay. Um, gotcha. But doulas, as far as doulas go, I will attend a birth wherever you're having a baby. Um, and uh, when moms have cesareans or repeat cesareans or whatever, sometime before COVID, I was allowed in the operating room in the OR unless mom was being put under anesthesia. Um, but now after COVID, they're, they still, they're not letting anyone in the OR except husbands. Husbands, um, partners can go in, but doulas cannot. Um, but I have attended, <clears throat> I have attended births that were scheduled cesareans and it really looked exactly the same, except obviously my role during the actual birth was different than a vaginal birth that would have, you know, lasted hours and hours and hours. But I still do. We still do the prenatals. I'm still there for the birth, whether I'm in the OR or just in the recovery room waiting or in the waiting room waiting. And then I meet you in recovery. um, And then we do our postpartum visits. So can you, with a C-section, can you, um, do virtual uh, as of right now with the pandemic, or is it like no, just the spouse, no virtual? That's a really good question. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they let you. I don't. I think there are rules about recording, like video, in the operating room, and so I don't know if that would include FaceTime, since it's like technically not recording, but it is taking a video. Uh-huh. You know. 
an operation. Um, but even if it wasn't a um, face-to-face, like, record, you know, like FaceTime or anything, I definitely could be support um, texting. And uh, because there, you have options when you have a cesarean as well. You have the option of delayed cord clamping. The doctor can leave the cord intact until the placenta is done pulsating, until all the blood is drained from the placenta. Um, you can do immediate skin to skin after a cesarean. So there are ways that having a doula there for informational support is really helpful if you're wanting these things, but a cesarean is necessary. Gotcha. Well, that's really cool to know because I didn't know that. Like I knew you could do that um, like when you delivered vaginally, but I didn't know you could do that when you had a C-section. So that's really interesting to know too. Um, Well, if someone is wanting to find your website or your Instagram or they find you. Yeah. So my Instagram is nest and nourish doula. You're local. If you just Google nest and nourish birth or nest and nourish doula, it'll take you to all my stuff and everything is linked. My website is on my Instagram. My Instagram is on my website. I do have Facebook, but I don't use it at all. So that would probably yeah. be the last place I would tell people to find me. But my website and my Instagram are, I'm most active on those two platforms. Oh, okay. I will add those um, to the bottom of the show notes for people to find. But thank you so much for joining me and taking your time out of your day to just talk and, and educate all of us. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for asking. I love, I always love the opportunity to um, sort of educate people about doulas because like you mentioned, um, a lot of people still just have no idea what doulas do or they hear, they even hear someone say, well, doula is a birth coach. And they're like, well, why in the world would I need a birth coach? I have a supportive husband and I have a provider that I really trust, but it does, it adds, um, it adds something that wouldn't be there without it. So If you guys enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends. That way you guys don't miss out on next week's episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I really do appreciate it and I hope you have a good week.